Welcome to the Sober Nation FM podcast, where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support, community, and fellowship? Sobriety Engine is an incredible community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. You can get a ton of great tips, resources, and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with Sober Coach and the host of the podcast, A Sober Girl's Guide, Jessica Jabot. Thanks for coming on the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I love your name, by the way. Thank it's you. Thank you. like brilliant. You need to be an actor or something. I, I know. Well, a lot of people, <laughs> like, they catch the Sylvester and they always mm-hmm. think, like, that's the first name and, you know, it's yeah. there's always a thing. But uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about your podcast and your coaching program and everything else you're working on these days. But I really wanted to just yeah. jump right in. And I was hoping that you could share a little bit about what things were like for you before you got sober. So tell us what was going on. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was living in LA. I've been living in LA for 11 years and I was a full-time club DJ. Oh, wow. Which sounds super fun, right? Yeah. So so like EDM or? Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I love it. EDM, Deep House, Vocal House, like that was my jam. That's awesome. Um, And then I also did like, that was like, you know, like my passion music. But then I also did a lot of um, really awesome corporate events and, you know, just like pop music celebration type stuff. Um, Yeah, I got to like, really kind of see the world and, and travel. And, you know, it was fun until it just wasn't um and I think what kind of came down to it is you know when you do anything for just money um it's pretty like limiting and you feel really trapped and you know it's like this vicious cycle it's like okay well I'm making this money and I'm like buying all these things but I also need to like keep making this money in order to afford all these like Mm -hmm. things and stuff in my life and that's a lot of pressure when you hate what you're doing yeah um which I know sounds ridiculous like oh my god do you play like people other people's musics for like two to three hours a a night like how can you hate your job I'm like well it's just not a great environment um especially when you have issues with drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. Uh, cue my situation which I tried to put off for a good 10 years um I always knew something wasn't quite right. Um, I always just felt really remorseful and shameful every time I I drank, no matter how much I drank, even if I'd had like a couple glasses of wine and not necessarily get drunk. Um, But I just knew that I, it just wasn't doing anything for me. And, you know, my job being basically paid to party and drink and, you know, that's expected of you. And so I never could picture my life 
like sober was not even an option like what is that a sober mm-hmm. dj like get out of here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially like you know t- 10 years ago or so like there was nothing like what we have now um and it totally sounds like i'm aging myself <laughs> but like 10 years ago it was just like aa like that was the only thing i knew so i'd kind of like pop into those meetings and maybe make myself feel a little better, like compare myself and my story to everyone else and be like, well, I haven't been arrested yet. So I'm doing pretty good. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I haven't like really hurt anyone around me. So keep going. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I guess, you know, my story is just kind of like anyone else's. Um, you drink to kind of like mask and escape stuff in your life you don't want to pay attention to, don't want to acknowledge, and isn't making you feel good. So that's what I did. And I continue to do that. Um, also, you know, sprinkled in a couple of super dysfunctional relationships as, as we do. Gotta have those. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, couldn't be like a full-blown addiction without those. So yeah, I, it just kept progressing and progressing and I was just, I, it kind of started off with like little nudges, like, Hey, you, you got in a car accident and you were drinking, but okay. you didn't get a DUI. So, yeah, you know, maybe you should chill. So I, I would, I would take like weeks or like a month. I tried to do it like a month at a time. And I always like, I always felt so limited. If that makes sense. I always felt like oh, I'm, I'm a bad person. So I have to like reprimand myself and like, I can't drink for a week or I can't drink for a month. Okay. It's like a punishment um, basically. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this and focusing all on all the good things or the positive things I have to gain. It was uh, like just pure self-loathing. Like you are going to be punished. You did something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is, this is, this is how you're, you're going to, pay for it, I guess. So, you know, I'd, I'd have like a couple months here or there and then I'd be like, okay, fine. Like I've paid my dues. <laughs> I'm going to go back out and, you know, continue running amok of my life. And then I, the nudges turned into shoves and then the shoves turned into like a full blown drop kick. Um, to the point where my anxiety and my depression were just out of control i was so dark like suicidal dark depression Mm. um and that wasn't even after drinking like this was kind of becoming more it like bled out into um just my life uh which really got scary and then my anxiety was so bad i felt I literally felt like I was going to crawl out of my own skin. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but it it is the worst feeling. Like your stomach is just like churning. And I felt like I almost needed to like eat like a whole bunch of carbs or something in order to like Mm. slow myself down. So I would just like carb load. Um, Actually, to be honest, I I tried drinking beer and that kind of worked for a couple months. Okay. Um, (laughs) Until it didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Until it didn't. Yeah. Um, Yeah but I was literally just trying to slow my body down like any way that I could okay. and nothing, nothing was working. Um, I, it was so bad. My anxiety was so bad that I literally couldn't stand 
at work to change the songs. Like I was just like, like shaking and like wanted to crawl out of my own skin. Um, So then I started, you know, missing work and not being able to perform and not being able to show up to gigs. And I quickly saw, I'm like, okay, I work for myself. Like there is no one else. I don't have any family in LA. It's all on me. Mm -hmm. And if I can't work and if I can't make money, I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to be able to afford my apartment. I'm not going to be able to afford my car. Like, you know, all these things that I I had worked so hard for, um, I could just see it. I could see it. I was on the brink of like literally everything just falling away. And I just, I just kind of had to do a deep dive and, and look at myself and be like, okay, in your daily life, like, am I even doing things that I enjoy? And how much of the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, on an hourly basis, am I doing just strictly out of habit? You know, it's like, it's like how you pull out of your garage and you just instinctively maybe go to the left. Right. Um, and it doesn't even matter where you're going, right? Like right, you just, right. out of habit, you just pull a left. Um, that is what I felt my life was like. So I stopped and I just went through everything like, and I just broke it down like by the daily and was like, I am not doing anything that I truly enjoy and brings me joy. No wonder I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. No wonder I'm anxious. I'm literally sitting at home until I have to go to work at like 10 or 11 at night, like hating my life. Yeah. Was there, sucks. was there a moment or like a, yeah, was there, was there a particular moment that kind of like spurred you to have that inner conversation? Because I know for me, it was just avoidance at all costs. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe like that conversation would start like, Hey, what are these? Ha-? No, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, shut, shut it down. Yeah, totally. So, so was there, was there like, and, and I don't want to call it a rock bottom or anything like that, but like, do you remember like what it was that really, I don't know, like kind of brought about that, that inner conversation you were having? Yeah. I remember sitting like at my dining room table and I had just like kind of come back from one of my friends and I'm using like air quotes friends because it was just a drinking buddy and someone that we got drunk and, you know, drank wine and and talk shit about everyone else that we're friends with. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Um, Our best friends. Yeah, exactly. But I love her. Oh my God. I love her so much. She's so stupid. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I, that was happening and it was just completely unavoidable. Like, like I said, everything started off with like a little nudge and then like ended up being in a drop kick. And it was kind of, um, I was, I was gearing up to do this really big gig. Okay. Um, and it was at the montage. I don't know if you're familiar with the montage resorts. They're really incredible, like super five-star, like fancy, like really nice places and I, part of my gig and like on my rider, um, I got a room. Like I was given a room for the night and, you know, whatever I wanted, um, room service, like, you know, whatever you name it, they, they're, they took care of me. 
And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm gearing up to like go away to stay at this like really beautiful hotel. And like, I want to enjoy it. Like, I really, really want to enjoy it because to be honest, all my past gigs have been a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You said you couldn't even like yeah. pull it together to change the songs at this point. Yeah. But then like after the gigs, like especially if they were like out of town gigs, it's like, okay, now like everything, like it's just like a release of um, adrenaline and just like, oh, cool. Now I can like relax and okay. do whatever I want. Um, mm-hmm. And that usually consisted of like hotel parties and waking up to people that you'd probably rather cut your arm off of mm-hmm. than wake them up. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I'm like, I really want to savor this experience. Like these rooms are like six, $700 a night rooms. Like they're right on the ocean. It's just so beautiful and magical. And like, I actually think that I'm going to be a grown up here and actually enjoy this gift that I'm like given. And so I kind of sat there and I, and I kind of envisioned like how, okay, my gig's over. I'm done. Like, I think if I'm being honest, like I was really afraid to be alone. Like I get lonely. Um, And especially in hotel rooms, like that's, just like the ultimate, the peak of loneliness, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I really kind of thought out like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to eat? Like, I can watch whatever I want on the TV. I can go for a walk. I can enjoy the ocean. I just really kind of went through and wrote out like how I could enjoy myself and what I could do like with myself. And that was really exciting for me. <laughs> that was just like really promising. Like it, it wasn't like, okay, I have to like, you know, I have to find someone to bring to my hotel room and then, oh, we can get this champagne. Like it wasn't this like manic state that I wasn't normally like used to. It was like, okay, I'm going to have a bath in this incredible soaker tub that could probably fit like three people, but I'm going to do it like with myself and I'm just going to really like enjoy myself. And that I don't know it was just really like comforting and then and like I said I was like I was looking at my life and my day-to-day stuff and I'm like oh like what do I enjoy in my life and when I made this list of like stuff that I was going to do at the hotel I'm like oh I'm going to enjoy myself like this is going to bring me joy this is what I want this is what I want my life to be about and alcohol did not fit into the that equation Okay. Yeah. It was not like, oh, what am I going to drink? Like that wasn't even in my mind, which was mm. kind of shocking. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't need it. Cause I was like hitting all these like things that I was really enjoying and really brought me joy. Alcohol was just, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Didn't, it didn't fit into the equation. So that's how it all began Wow. Well, you <laughs> after know, 10 years of trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I know we're going to go a little deeper into just, mm-hmm. you know, what you started doing in terms of your recovery and everything, but, you know, you said that your story is a lot like everyone else's. And I think that right mm-hmm. there, like you really just described what makes your story unique to me, having heard a lot mm-hmm. of stories, you know, doing, doing this show and, and just talking to other people in recovery. And, and it's this, it's that 
for me, and I think for a lot of people in that moment of reflection, mm. it's I'm in so much pain mm. and, and discomfort and not that you weren't, but mm. I, I want to get away from that. Right. And for you, it was not, not so much that it was, I want to be able to enjoy this. Like I want more good things in my life. I think that's really cool because I actually yeah. don't hear that a lot of, and not that I didn't want my life to be better, but I think most people are just like, I just don't want to deal with this shit anymore. You right. Know? And, and yeah. so I think, th I think that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, I need to know how did this trip go? <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was fantastic. Really? Okay. It, that's yeah. Awesome. It was so, it was so beautiful. It was like everything wow. I wanted and more like, like I'm always happy if I get food. Like my agent, I, I'm like, I'm, yeah, where I'm is the food? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number one, why are we traveling? Food. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like I don't care. I'm like equipment. Yeah, whatever. Like I can play on anything. Yeah. But like, what are we actually what, what's eating? To eat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's like, I don't get it. Like, where do you put this food? I'm like, no, don't ask questions. You don't want answers to. So um, yeah. So you go on this trip. Everything goes yeah. awesome, and, and so from there, like, what does your recovery start to look like? I'm guessing you start to yeah. do some more work in that department. So what does that look like? Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of just like hit the nail on the head, like everyone is trying to avoid, right? They're, they're very conscious of what they don't want. Right, right. Everyone knows what they don't want. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to even get into that state of mind of like, okay, well, what do I actually want? It is, you know, and, yeah. and, um, you know, with, with my clients, even like, that is the hardest question mm -hmm. to really mm -hmm. answer. And it's also the most telling question, like, okay, where, like, how can we start, um, you know, kind of this like education of yourself, right? You have to, and this exploration of, of yourself and who you are, you know, the first step is educating yourself on what makes you tick, you know, and, and not, that, not just focusing on the, on the good stuff or the stuff that you want, but we're so conditioned to focus on the negative crap and the yeah. stuff like that, what we don't want, that we completely disregard anything that we do want or anything that we could even imagine or even like the possibility, mm -hmm. you know? And I always say like, if you have the possibility to like think it, you and I are completely different. Like we want completely different things probably in some aspects of our life. And that, that is what sets us apart. You know, that's what makes us different and makes things possible Yeah. because we all have a different perspective or we all want different things. And I really think it's our sole purpose to figure out what those things are. I think that is the number one reason you're here is to figure out, first of all, what, what you enjoy and then how to learn and how to go about doing those things yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned that at one point in time, like you had gone to some meetings, uh, mm -hmm. some 12 step meetings, you would kind of pop in, pop yeah. out. D did that end up becoming part of your regular recovery or like, what did you start what do you what, what does your recovery look like now I guess is the question yeah I, so I went in like into meetings I really gave it a good try yeah. um and I know for 10 years I, I don't think I'm getting any better right, right um but I learned and this is another thing like that you need to learn about yourself is like mm -hmm. how 
you know, how are you going to progress and how are you going to expand? I am not a person who likes to revisit the past and mm. hash that stuff out. I don't need reminders. Like I'm a sure. quick learner, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I know when I've done wrong and let's, you know, cool. Let's go forward. Like yeah, let's advance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I really am inspired by motivation and I want to hear, you know, the possibilities that are mm. out there. And I found that in, in AA, that it was just a little bit living in the past for me. Yeah. And it didn't feel like, okay, but like, I feel good. Like I'm not drinking, but then what, like, where do we go from here? Mm. And I, I want to know that there's endless possibilities. I want to know, I want to see women who are like, you know, living their best damn life because you know, they've done this work, but they're also going above and beyond. Like this right. isn't defining them. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. No, um, it, it does. I mean, and I'm someone in a 12 step program still mm. like that's, you know, how quote unquote, I got sober and I'm still, so I, I man, I get what you're saying 100%. Yeah. Cause, and, and I also think it, it does vary a little bit meeting to meeting. Cause like some meetings are yeah. just like, you know, I've walked, I've gone in some meetings and it's just like, oh man, like this is going to, this is going to be dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to yeah. be really dark. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing motivating here, <laughs> you know? So, so I, I get that 100%. I absolutely yeah. hear what you're saying. So, so where did you find, like, where did you find these women? How did you, how, where did you see these stories and what, and what was motivating to you? That's the thing. <laughs> It was few and far between, I, to be yeah, honest. I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of built it myself. And that's kind wow. of how this whole, you know, a sober girl's guide thing started. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I have a very, like, sick sense of humor. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sarcastic. I, I get it. Yeah. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> so I... You know, I, I need something witty and forward thinking and pushing me and motivating me and inspiring me. And, you know, everything that I found, even like on the internet, like was like, don't drink or you die. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but like, what do I do instead? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, I found people like, I think, who did I find at first? I think like Holly Whitaker um and again this was like a couple years ago so yeah. not all these um people were accessible sure, or sure even out there um so i really that's how a sober girl's guide came to be i started off with a little blog <laughs> just documenting my journey and you know i like to say kind of tips and tricks along the way and and stuff that i've learned and you know, a lot of trial and error, you right. know, in those 10 years, lots of trial and error. Well, so I want to ask you about that. So, because yeah. I'm sure you wrote like a, a bunch of different things and, and I'm sure part of your coaching and some of your workbooks, which I want to ask you about and, and a lot of the different stuff you've done, maybe even topics on your podcast have been about mm -hmm. some of the biggest things that you've struggled with, like probably in general, but what I want to know is like, what would you say was one of the biggest things that you struggled with early on in sobriety? I think, okay, this is an issue that I have personally 
and it's not just limited to sobriety. I think maybe sometimes I can be very stubborn. (laughs) Um, Like, and a little bit like closed-minded. Like I want to kind of see it one way and I'm going to, I'm going to go that way. Um, You know, I'm, I'm very headstrong. And so I think opening up myself to different pathways, different um, methods and ways to do things, um, you know, and that comes with education, right? Mm-hmm. It just comes with, with the territory of educating yourself and, and uh, experience, really, yeah. Yeah. and going through it. Um, so, I mean, it's not, it's not horrible. It's not... It's not good or bad. It's just has to be done. You know, it's, 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 um, you gotta gotta pay your dues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You gotta find out for yourself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so tell us exactly what uh, a sober girl's guide is. Yes. Well, it is very, it's multifaceted. (laughs) It's really, um, I'm really excited and, and proud of, all the stuff that I've been able to do because honestly, that's like awesome. I never thought that I would be doing this. Yeah, like awesome. I was just a lame DJ <laughs> in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it started off as a blog. Um, and then like uh, social media, uh, Instagram is, is my weapon of choice. I just love Instagram. I'm a very visual person. So that just really resonates with me. Um, and it, and this is true from day one up until today. Um, I would post things and write about things that I, I needed to talk about and I needed to hear, or I personally need to write about, Um, you know, and, and if people like it, cool. And if they don't like it, cool, (laughs) you know, no skin off my back. Um, But I guess people kind of liked it and felt the same way. And I think that's, what is really interesting in recovery is like, yes, we all have different stories and different pathways of how we've gotten here, but the feelings and the thoughts are pretty much the same and the goals are the same. You know, we all want the same thing. Um, And how we get there is our own journey, but those feelings and thoughts and emotions, they're all, they're all really common and that's like the string, the thread that all kind of holds us together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So so I guess, I guess um, I was articulating things that that other people felt. So that was cool. That was nice. It was was nice to have that camaraderie. Yeah. Um, Right. Like it's nice to have that, that community and that like-mindedness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, like, I think that's just the point of most of this, right? It's because, mm-hmm. you know, we feel like we're, you know, phrase it how you want, unique or alone or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you know, you were describing, asking me if I understood, you know, the the gripping anxiety mm-hmm. uh, that you were experiencing. And I was talking about on a recent episode that, you know, I forget sometimes that, before I got sober, my anxiety was so bad at some points. Now, mind you, like I had way too much caffeine Mm -hmm. going through my body. I still love my caffeine, but I had like way too much caffeine, other things going on with that. And I would literally go to the emergency room feeling like I was having a heart attack, you know? And I mean, I would just be in my car 
I would feel like I couldn't breathe. Mm. My heart rate, you know, I'd start hyperventilating. My heart rate would go through the roof. And yeah. so it's like, you know, until someone like you says something similar, I, I am totally in my head about the fact like no one gets this. Yes. You know, no one gets this at all. So yeah, I think that yeah. that community aspect has to be there. And, and so tell us about the, the coaching program itself. Like, you know, that's yeah. the community, right? So what do you guys actually do? Totally, totally. So like I said, you know, I think the first step is like ad admitting, you know, you have thoughts and feelings around your relationship with alcohol, right? So what do you do? Like the lowest point of entry or low, lowest barrier of entry would be like maybe going on social media and seeing like what's out there on the internet or like okay. reading a blog and stuff like that okay. and, and educating yourself about, yeah. you know, these people and, and communities out there. Well, then what do we do? We need to take action. Like if, mm. if we're really going to do something and make some really amazing changes in your life, we got to couple that education up with some action because that is when, you know, real change happens is applying that knowledge. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you mentioned the lowest barrier. So like what yeah. would the lowest, lowest, bring it down for me, <laughs> like three notches. <laughs> what, um, what would, I, I'm just coming in. I'm new. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like life's not great. Right. I'm not okay. on a winning streak, so to yeah. speak. Yep. What, what's the lowest barrier for me? What, what would you recommend of action? I think probably just like reading the blog or checking out like the blog. Okay. Because like even like, you know, or like looking at Instagram, not yeah. necessarily following mm -hmm. because, you know, low, low, low point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just checking out. I mean, the internet is a beautiful place. Yeah. It can be fantastic if you give it that chance to, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, probably the most hands-off would be like, oh, let's visit the blog. Let's check out Instagram, see what's going sense. on. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe you get some like Quitlet. Maybe you get a book. I, I have a book too. <laughs> um, and there's tons of like amazing books out there um, ab about sobriety or about, um, you know, your relationship with alcohol. So again, that's another step to educating yourself. Right. And then let's apply that knowledge. Hmm. Let's put this stuff, you know, let's put our feet on the pavement and get running here. Um, and that is why I created um, group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I went back to school. Um, I am retired. I'm a retired DJ. <laughs> Sounds so bizarre to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went back to school. I got my coaching certification and, you know, coupled with my experience and my trial and error, um, I, I coach women and I have to say that group coaching is probably the most beautiful thing. Like, I just love it. I am over the moon. It is so great. The groups are super small. Like I'm talking like six to eight, eight, eight women max. Yeah. And it's all Zoom. You can you get to see other women. You get to you know see their mannerisms and their facial expressions, and it's just so comforting to to share, and then also have you know con like constructive criticism or other women who feel the same way help you through situations in your life. Yeah, it's yeah. so powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so, so speaking of those situations, like what are some mm -hmm. of the, 
the biggest barrier. I asked you, you know, a little bit about yourself and I'm yeah. right there with you. It was just, you know, being stubborn was kind of my, my yes. biggest barrier. You know, I was Mr. I know everything. Yeah. Uh, and of course and knew nothing, especially about getting <laughs> sober. What, what do you think are, are, or what do you see as some of the biggest barriers, like with these women that you're working with, what, what mm -hmm. are some of the biggest barriers that they're facing frequently? Like when they're trying to get sober? I think social aspects, like okay. their social circle is mm -hmm. a, is a big issue. Um, yeah. you know, if, if all your friends drink, like it's, it's tough, that you know, I'm tough. not, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. You're, we're going to lose some, some people along the way, but they're, they're not real losses. You know, mm -hmm. you're making room for new people and they don't have to necessarily be sober, but maybe they're a little more tolerant. Maybe they are just a better fit for you. Wow. I love that. You're not yeah. necessarily losing. You're just making room. That's, yeah. that's a great way to look at it. Totally. And cause that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. You know, I soon, right. As soon as I kind of release those, those friends, friends again, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that I used to just like talk shit and drink wine with, um, I have the best friends and I'm even privileged enough to live with them. Like, yeah, it's, it's wild when That's you actually think cool. about it. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they, they drink. Mm -hmm. um, they're not like crazy over the top, but they're the type of people who will be out at the grocery store or out of the liquor store and be like, Oh, have you tried this non-alcoholic wine and take a picture and like send it to me? And they're like, do you want me to pick it up for you? I'm like, what? That's pretty what is life? Yeah. Whereas the other people I was hanging out with would be like, when are you going to start drinking again? Right. Like, yeah. Is this going to be so over? Boring. Yeah. Is this a cleanse? Like, mm. Ugh. yeah. Like, mm, no. So yes, make that, room, make yeah. room for the people who are going to appreciate and love you. That makes sense. Yeah. The, the social mm. aspect is really hard. And um, I, I'm not sure if I've shared this on the show before or not, but you know, my best friend that, I actually was getting high with like mm -hmm. all the time, but he's not, you know, he could leave it alone at a certain point. Yeah. He, uh, when I went into treatment, he, he like, he didn't know what happened to me. Like it, my story, like it was just one of those things where like, I just, I went like, it was a spur of the moment. It needed to happen like that basically. Yeah. And the like short of it is kind of thing. Do what? Like a midnight move. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I'm out of here. pretty much. It was like, yeah. I, like I called, uh, the rehab, basically, you know, I was being a little shit, basically. Mm. And uh, I called the rehab to prove to my family that there was no way they were going to take me late on a Friday night. And the guy was just like, hey, yeah, we've got a bed open, you know, come on. Down. <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was, it was, I was, when I got there, I felt so much better almost. Mm. It was where I needed to be. But yeah. Um, you know, my, my friend and I call him my friend and he's not just like a fair weather friend, like you're describing or, or just a drinking buddy yeah. because he had tried to get a hold of my family and, uh, or he got a hold of my family, found out I was in treatment mm -hmm. and, um, we didn't talk for a year. Whoa. And when we got right. back together, it was his birthday. I had been sober for a while. I, I bought him a beer actually for his birthday. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it wasn't anything like weird like that. I, you know, I was fine. Yeah. And um, he was like, you know, man, like I had just decided that 
if we never talked again, but you would get better, then I was okay with that. And I was like, man, that is 100% a friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they love you whether you're with them or not. Yeah, exactly. It's Aww. like, you really do want the best for that person. And it sounds like that's yeah. what you found. And that's, that's so totally. Awesome. That's yes. so awesome. I, I wanted yes. to ask, you know, so I, I was, I was perusing through your website. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I, I saw these workbooks and yeah. one of the workbooks that really stuck out to me mm. was the sober plan of action workbook. Okay. Now this is like my type of kit. Cause I'm a, I'm a nutrition and fitness coach. So I'm all okay. about the planning. All right. Yes. How important do you think it is to have a plan in all of this and the sobriety deal? I think it is super important, even if you don't. And that's, you know, a lot of people can get overwhelmed by like thinking that they need to have all the answers or, you know, everything needs to be planned out and, you know, you need to go according to plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's not true. That's actually not what the sober plan of action is about. It's actually helping you to, to really take a look like at your life as a whole. Okay. Um, one of the exercises in the book, <laughs> waving my hand, um, is, is really helping you to just get a different perspective on your life. Okay. Like kind of like, take you out of a bird's eye view of your life, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, like yeah. kind of take you out of your own head. Um, and that way you're a little bit removed. Maybe you're a little less like kind of emotionally reactive and you can kind of just see things for what they are. And there you're a little more clear headed and then you can really plan. You know, you can really write down your actual thoughts and feelings and, and really go through the motions and see, oh, okay, this is where I need to put a little more love and attention to. Um, and that's where you can start, you know, applying that action. Um, it's, it's definitely an, an introspective educational tool for yourself. Yeah. I like and it's that. really fun and cute. I like that. I like that. <laughs> It's yeah, visually appealing. Well, and, and I always think it's cool. It, you know, I, part of the reason I wanted to point out, point this out is because I always think it's cool when there's, you know, I, I got the feeling not even going through the workbook, like I could just mm -hmm. kind of tell it wasn't some like old, dry, like, you know, multiple choice, like boring thing. You know, I think mm -hmm. it needs to be, the stuff needs to be interesting to me to like totally. really want me to, yeah. want to do it. So I, I love what, like the exercise you just described, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. It sounds, well, I mean, you're competing with like your phone, right? Essentially. Yeah. Like, so you kind of have to, you got to kind of give that, that value, but also I think every, it'll happen for you when you want it to, you know, you'll, you'll meet your threshold or you'll, seek these tools or you know seek this education when when you feel fit yeah that's yeah. all that can really happen yeah absolutely now that makes a lot of sense so we can't uh finish this up without asking about your podcast oh yeah okay, okay. so so tell me about the podcast like so I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've i've listened to it a bit and so mm -hmm. is it all women guests on the show well, no, it's okay, not, okay. it's not all, all women. I okay. definitely try and like focus on women. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I think, you know, 
we need a little we need a little spotlight we need a little love sometimes yeah, for sure. and it's nice to you know my demographic is mainly women so it's nice to see and relate to other women who mm. you know share their stories because a lot of women share their stories and they're shocking you know which you can relate to like sharing the space and hearing people's stories it's like whoa like i didn't know you went through that that's that, that, that's amazing that's so yeah. inspiring and motivating and like look at everything that you've done or look at like how you are now mm. um i think it's easier for for women to you know put themselves in that position um but there are some dudes who do make the cut i'm not okay. i'm not i'm not cutting the dudes out <laughs> yeah good good i, yeah. I like it we love you, know, you one, too we, we love you too <laughs> one thing i do want to ask you know i i've mentioned before that part of the reason that uh i started a podcast initially and actually the i was doing a podcast before doing this podcast and it was for all men so oh, I guess okay i was kind of you know yeah I, i'm not judging if it was all, all <laughs> Um, but I really love this because I love getting a different perspective, um, mm -hmm. you know, from, from women, yeah. but also I love getting a different perspective of, of different modes, if you will, mm. uh, of recovery. Um, you know, like I was one of those people that like early on, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm a 12 step guy and mm -hmm. I do, I've done a lot of other things too. You know, I've done, I've done. Mm -hmm therapy like there's a lot a lot of different stuff that i like like fitness is definitely a big part of my recovery and um i love reading all kinds of different so there's a lot of things in there but i was definitely one of those people early on that was like you know banging on the big book like it's the 12 steps yeah or it's or nothing. Bust. yeah yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so I, I think for me like i've just learned so much and it's definitely opened my mind to a lot of different because I have heard so many mm. stories and it's like, how, how can I sit here and say like that this person with this awesome life, this cool story that's gone mm -hmm. through so much, they're loving life now that they are motivating me. Like, how can I say that their recovery isn't, you know, valid? Like, do you feel like you've yeah. learned some different, some different stuff from your guests on the show? Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like I said, I was, I was stubborn and I thought, you know, I don't know. I thought the way that I thought was just right all the time. Uh, <laughs> what turns out is not right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I learned something new every conversation, you know, and I get so nervous. I don't know about you, but I am so nervous before every interview that I do. <laughs> it's like nerve wracking. And I'm like, oh my God, like my tummy is turning. Like what's going on? Oh, maybe I can just like cancel or schedule. Um, but every time I have, um, an interview, it's, I hear something that I needed to hear. Like it yeah. is, I don't know if it's a personal message to me or what, but it's something that I needed to hear that day. So I just got to keep doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. So before we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Ooh. You've given a lot of good advice already, but I'm going to put you on the spot. And if there was one piece of advice that you would share with the sober nation, what do you think that would be? Ooh. One piece of advice. Um, if you feel that you are not loving your relationship with alcohol, doesn't make you feel good. Um, 
feel like lean into that educate yourself see like what's out there use google to your advantage um find find some people that you trust and kind of bounce it off of them or just follow your gut and get on instagram and look up sober and see what happens and it's really cool this like community of like sober folks that are out there there's just so much motivation and inspiration floating around that it's only a Google search away or a hashtag search away. Um, Cause you know, we all have smartphones. We have this stuff at the, literally the palm of our hands. So let's take advantage of it and do something good or, or useful. I love ourselves. that. Yeah. yeah. Do, do a little research. I think that's really yeah. good advice. And I, I was yeah. thinking back as you were sharing earlier, you know, when I got sober, I'm sure there were books out there and I'm, I'm sure there was maybe some stuff on social media, but yeah. at the time, like, I don't think that it was just as widely talked about and, mm. and available, if that makes sense, For as sure. it is now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so there's so much, I think that the level of or the barrier of entry like you said earlier like it's really it's pretty low like if someone just wants to do a little research come in yes. check it out like they can learn a lot pretty easily i think that's really awesome advice totally yeah yeah awesome advice so uh you can learn more about jessica and a sober girls guide uh at a sobergirlsguide.com and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.